What's up, everybody? Before we get the podcast started, I just wanted to remind you that we have merch for sale, official podcast merch. You can go to the link in the description of this very podcast and go to our Teespring account and get a shirt, two coffee mugs. So uh, again, the description to our merch is in the description of this podcast. On to the show. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 215 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Thursday, February 18th, 2021, and the entire United States is experiencing a post-apocalyptic tundra of massive proportions, historical flurries and snowstorms and the lights being out in Texas and everything's fucked. Except in Florida, it was 84 degrees today. How you doing, Mike? How you feeling out there in Washington? I, I, I'm doing fine, and I don't know what you're talking about. We just got through our uh, ice blast. We really haven't had uh, anything nearly as bad as what uh, uh, people are dealing with in Texas and other parts of the United States. I got a very close friend of mine who lives in Texas, and he's been out of power and water for a few days. So he's going through... Uh, pretty tough time right now. Um, I haven't. We we really haven't dealt with that. It's been kind of wimpy. We've gotten snow, and maybe a bit of ice, but we never lost any power. We never really had anything like that. We were we were very lucky in that regard over here in Washington, at least this part of Washington. We well, see, Mike. What I like to do is I wa- I like to watch the the liberal news media. Uh, NBC News, and uh, they love to blow everything out of proportion, whether it's the coronavirus or whether it's this, uh, you know, weather that's going on. Winter Apocalypse 2021. I'm not saying... No one is safe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm not saying that, like, there's not some really shitty weather conditions in certain parts of the country, but they literally are making it seem like everywhere is fucked but man i would actually uh, find that to be really refreshing if a new station was just like everyone is fucked <laughs> life is hell and hell is freezing over deal well, with it that's, News that's at pretty 10. much what they do with the <laughs> coronavirus like i feel like they get such a huge rock hard erection whenever the numbers jump up because that's like the first thing they talk about and you know Lester Holt, I love the guy when he did true crime stuff for, like, Dateline and shit, but Jesus Christ, as a news anchor on NBC News, he almost has, like, a grin in his face when he's reporting coronavirus cases hit an all-time high today with 319,000 new reported cases. He's kind of grinning, and I'm like, you people get off on this shit. Yeah, 
I think that I think uh, the reason why he's grinning is because uh, he's secretly David Miscavige in disguise, apparently. <laughs> Judging by uh, your impression there. Oh no, there's a fine line between my, I guess, my news anchor voice and my David Miscavige voice. David Miscavige would be more uh, fucking exaggerated. They're, they're not that far off, though. Yeah. Well, I, I only got. A, I have a limited tool set, Mike. What do you want from me? <laughs> I, I got very limited tools to work with here. Hey, but. it's a better tool set than what I have to work with. So. Well, you know, a funny thing, though, is like the coronavirus uh, nationally in the United States has been dropping precipitously. Oh, yeah. Ever since, I don't know, uh, a certain uh, fluid has been uh, available to people. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's got to have something to do with that. But like it just it's it's dropping freakishly fast. Like the new cases, I think uh, today we were at 55,000 new cases down from like literally I think we did hit like 319,000 new cases uh, during like December. And where the fuck is the news? Where where is that? Where is that reporting? It's uh, nowhere the, to know, be that found. That doesn't sell. That doesn't sell. What they this is how they spin it now. Now that the cases are dropping dramatically, they're saying a new English England variant. Yeah, is I know. Cause- yeah, they keep talking about these variants. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, can you motherfuckers ever just be happy for once and like I let mean, people even, have some even hope? Even someone I like. I mean, I like. Uh, 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 John Oliver, but he just keeps going uh, with these pandemic and virus episodes. I'm so tired of him at this point. The first episode of his new uh, season of Last Week Tonight was about the next pandemic. It's just like, John, can you... I've heard enough already about coronavirus. Uh, Didn't you do, like, eight episodes of coronavirus? (laughs) Do we need another, like, the next pandemic episode? Can we find another topic uh, to discuss? Yeah, Please. it's like vaccines are out, the cases are going down. I mean, you know, chill the fuck out, everybody. Let let us get back to a time of peace and fucking normal normalcy again, you mm-hmm. know. And and then in the music front of things, you got all these um, super woke motherfuckers on my Facebook page talking about if you're a band and you're and you're uh, you know playing out, you know. Because you need the money, quote unquote, shame on you, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, like, who are you to, like, dictate what other people do? Like, there's no shutdown in in Florida. There's no one, the, the, the government and all that, no one's saying that we can't have shows. It's like, yeah, take some precautions if you go out. But it's not like there's a mandatory shutdown and my band is breaking in to a music venue and forcing people to watch us. No, it's it's it, the venues are open. People are allowed to go out if they fucking want to. And to sit here and shame bands that are playing shows and all right now, like us, uh, I think is just it, it's it's virtue signaling at its most annoying. And it, it's it's just like, shut the fuck up, you know? Like, let people make their own goddamn decisions. And here's the thing. I'm I'm fucking independent politically. So if anyone's thinking I'm, like, some pro-Trump guy, you can fuck off with that. Like, <laughs> my opinion, I'm fucking glad he's out of the White House. But I'm not this hardcore liberal either. Like, I'm li- I'm in the middle with a lot of my, how I feel and about he's things. He's on the fence. I don't like to say I'm on the fence. That makes me sound like a, an indecisive idiot, but... I know what well, I mean, you know, on the fence has different meanings. I think on the fence over the years, though, has gotten this uh, bad rap in terms of like, oh, you're just indecisive. But really what it was intended to be is a, uh, a, a different way to say in the middle. 
you know, instead of like just saying in the middle all the time. Well, on the fence to me uh, denotes that you're teetering uh, on one side way or the other, but you you haven't made a decision yet. I will never be. I will never identify as a liberal Democrat or a conservative Republican. Like I just. Well, I mean, I I feel I I I 100 understand your yeah. your thought process on that. I guess I just interpret that term a little differently. I would like to say gray area, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, enough of all that bullshit. Um, so, Mike, did you realize that there's another Unsolved Mysteries podcast in the in the ever-growing galaxy yeah, of Unsolved yeah, Mysteries podcasts? Um, is it introducing uh, Unsolved Mysteries? Is that the one we're talking about? Today? No, no, it's not introducing Unsolved Mysteries, and it's not... Uh, the two other podcasts that are called Unsolved Mysteries that I don't... I, I love the... Inter- have you seen the photo, the screenshot oh, yeah. in our group of introducing Unsolved Mysteries that even on their uh, image, you know, their logo for their podcast, it even says Uncover. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it even says Uncover. Uh, it, uh, uh, apparently, it, it had been a while since I had searched iTunes for... Um, unsolved mysteries podcasts it might have been the one and only time i've ever done that but uh good lord there are a lot of um yeah podcasts that are either covering unsolved mysteries or have some kind of name of unsolved mysteries but Mm -hmm. this particular one that we're talking about is official it's official it's actually produced by john cosgrove and terry moyer and um me and Mike have listened to the first episode, and uh, we're going to cover Before the first... Before we talk about uh, the case, uh, the case of uh, the haunting of Ball Cemetery, uh, I thought it might be a good time to talk about the, the overall uh, episode. Yeah, what did you, um, you think about the... What did you think about episode number for one, Mike? first episode, it has potential. I, I don't mind the narrator, although he kind of sounds a little bit too much like a generic movie trailer narrator guy... Or the guy who narrates world's wildest police chases. Um, I like, but see, I I like that, the narrator. I thought he was a fine. I, I, I didn't think he was terrible. I'm just saying, you know, there there is a room for improvement in that regard too. I think he'll start to provide a little bit more of a personality the more he uh, does this uh, podcast. Um, it could have been a lot worse. I like the use of uh, music and sound effects. I think uh, it's actually pretty uh, eerie and the, creates the a nice sound, sense of atmosphere. The sound design was fantastic. Yes, it was. It was really good. It was. I would probably say the biggest highlight of the first episode of this podcast is the sound design. I mean, especially editing. when like the cars driving from the gravel road onto the dirt road, and yeah. you hear that sound, and and you're instantly getting a visual in your head, like. Yes. You know, they did a better job with the sound editing and uh, the sound design and the podcast than they did on any episode of the of the new Unsolved Mystery. Dude, I was thinking like I was thinking a similar thing, but I was thinking like, oh, now you want to have a narrator and just and just (laughs) feeling like how much of a difference that made, you know, having someone narrating rather than it just being going to do more of that. Bring that guy back and have him do the actual show. Have him narrate the fucking show. He he sounded fine to me. You Apparently, know? my cat is is uh, he feels the same way too. <laughs> Olympus, yeah, he's still yeah, he's, uh, he's still alive and kicking. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's just uh, yelling a little bit in the background. So if you oh. hear him, folks, yeah, I can kind of hear him. But there you go. <laughs> 
but yeah, um, yeah, the music was great. They have they use uh, original music from the show, unsol- the original '90s yeah. show, not not any of the new music. Thank God um, from the new show, which is pretty non-existent. It's just ambient soundscapes, really. Um, sound design's great. Um, I. I don't know if they're using voice actors to do the parts of the people. I don't think they're using voice actors. I think it's actually real people. Well, if so, that's great because they, they it's it's not like telephone quality no, uh, interviews. Like the quality of the the people speaking about um, the their experiences in the cemetery, yeah. they actually sound like pretty up to par with their a narration plus production values yeah i mean I, I gotta give them a lot of credit for that now when it comes to the content though eh, i i felt like with this particular first episode it seemed like a case that the original unsolved mysteries would just uh say oh thank you for calling uh we will uh look into your case and maybe consider it for uh, the show, like, but then never actually featured on the show because it's so outlandish, so too good to be true. It, it sounds like a creepy pasta or just an urban legend or just a tall tale uh, in a bunch of uh, people from Nebraska just made up in order to uh, get on the Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Because it just sounds so unbelievable in comparison to the majority of uh, cases that we've uh, seen on Unsolved Mysteries when it comes to the paranormal. I mean, there's uh, demon hands and, you know, symbols and it's just a lot of it just sounds like complete, utter bullshit to me. It's almost like the kind of thing that you would hear on Coast to Coast. AM. Yeah, def- yeah, that had more of a feel feel of that than it. Because okay, the thing with like the ghost stuff on the original Unsolved Mysteries, it was like they they were pretty substantial, like Resurrection Mary or yeah, the ghosts of the Queen Mary ship, where uh-huh. they actually had uh like uh recordings uh in the bow where all of these clanking sounds and where you could sh- actually hear something yeah you, had you could experts. hear it they had one expert here but i i don't really know how much of an expert he really was he mentions that they did something where they put some uh meters or something uh up at the cemetery and they're saying there's no electrical um uh, interference in this uh, vicinity and there's no way it could be anything from the earth so there's something here but other than that like there really wasn't anything concrete to substantiate the the uh, reality of these tales i think though if it was an episode that was covered back in the olden days like i think it could have they could have done some cool stuff with it they could um, have but i don't think they would have ever touched it because it's just too out there like it it, i mean it it almost sounds like something like i've heard some things like this also covered on sightings or just like interviews with somebody who says like oh you know i was at the cemetery seen some shit man i seen some shit yeah but sightings was a show on fox and it was a syndicated show so i think they were like well we need something whether it's bullshit or not we really don't care because we need some content for this week's episode uh, that's not really the level of, um, care 
and um, well, not necessarily care, but uh, it's not the level of fact checking that I'm used to with Unsolved Mysteries. This really is something that's very out of left field um, in terms of uh, the kind of thing you would normally hear on Unsolved Mysteries. Even an Unsolved Mysteries podcast, it's kind of like, okay, all right. Uh, yeah, I know in Nebraska there's nothing but a bunch of fucking corn, and, you know, I've been to Nebraska, and I could totally see this being just the result of somebody just making something up, and, uh, just, uh, calling in a, to Unsolved Mysteries and be like, man, have we got a case for you, but, uh, speaking I, of that I, case... Nebraska is one of those states that I forget, like, exists. <laughs> like... Yeah, like fucking Nebraska. Uh, what's another one? Like Iowa? No, no. My my lover Idaho. No, no my lover Trista is from Idaho. Um, so I could never forget Idaho. Uh, what's what's another one that one of them random fucking ones out there? Uh, like North ne- Dakota. No, it's, you got like Nebraska <laughs> and like fucking um. See, this is a good example because I'm like forgetting uh, the the state. Uh, like, uh, is Oklahoma? Oklahoma is a state, right? <laughs> really? <laughs> you, Oklahoma? Is, I lived in Oklahoma City for a while. Yeah, I forget that that's a state. Uh, wow, I'm surprised you forget that Oklahoma is a state. West of Virginia, all like fucking. What? Why did it need to? Since one of the cases we're going to cover on this show takes place in Oklahoma. <laughs> Yeah, so those are some places. Oh, fucking, um, like, uh, New Hampshire. I forget that Yeah, that's- I-, I was going to mention that, or Pennsylvania, or something like that, but... Nah, Pennsylvania, you got F- Philly, man. Yeah, I know, but... Some people don't, might not necessarily remember, but a lot of people probably remember Pennsylvania right now, after it was just constantly mentioned all over the news during the election. But anyway, uh, what did you think about the story? Or the stories. Well, I gotta say, uh, the first guy's story, um, the guy who was talking about how he went with uh, his friend, it was either his friend or his brother, and then his his brother's girlfriend. By the way, this is uh, the setting of uh, these cases is in a cemetery in Nebraska called Ball Cemetery. I like how uh, they mentioned that it's a uh, uh, private property, and it's usually protected by a guy, or a caretaker with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, and they even advise like, "Don't go here." Like, it's private property. Like at the end of the podcast, because you know some people probably listen to it. It's like, "Oh, we totally got to go to Ball Cemetery." Yeah, I mean, you know, if if that were in Jacksonville, I would consider going. Yeah. And bring, like, a video camera. and mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. If there's some crazy shotgun nut job, then no, I probably wouldn't go. Because <laughs> I've, I've had been held up at gunpoint before in the South for misunderstanding, so it's not fun. Get off my property yeah, or I, you will be the next to be buried here. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely driven up to someone's property before by mistake and they fucking... Yeah, I remember that story. That was crazy. Yeah, it was insane. But no, the first story in, in, involving Ball Cemetery, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was listening to it during the day and uh, when he said, uh, out of nowhere, I just said, drop. Uh, I, yeah. I kind of got goosebumps a little bit. It was it was, it was creepy. I, I, got a little, but... I got a little freaked out. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it, it, and it definitely did help with the production values of the sound design and everything. Because the the first uh, case 
uh, a recollection really of of this is from a uh, a guy named Ty, and it, when he was talking about how we just started laughing, uh-huh. that was pretty creepy. Uh, that reminded me of that one uh, segment we already covered with the lady who just started laughing out of nowhere. So that kind of yeah, I think that was had the, a little the, bit the Lake of, Wales uh, haunting. Yeah, it, it had a little bit more uh, validity because we've uh, seen cases that were featured on the show that had behavior like that. But really, what kind of it was creepy. But what made me a little, I don't know, skeptical. It is that he was talking about everything in a way where he remembered like what he said and how he felt and normally when it comes to these kind of things from what I've been reading like it's almost like a blackout like you don't really you know your friends are telling you like dude you were acting weird you know that kind of thing but he's talking about it as if like he actually had some semblance of control but didn't have control in that instance. So it's a little, it's a little skeptical, but, um, that one is a lot more believable to me though, than the, the second, uh, recollection or, or, um, particular, uh, paranormal case or cases from, uh, the other guy. So let's say Ty sounded pretty, uh, that one, I would say, I'm still skeptical of it, but that one is a lot more believable to me than uh, Trey. Yeah, I don't because I don't I don't I don't know if I recall his off the top of my head. Trey is the one where he's talking about how he and a bunch of friends went to the cemetery and they felt weird and they felt like something was off, and then they all wound up with like cuts. Oh, oh yeah, right. Uh huh. But my friend, he had a a cut all the way up his Achilles tendon. You know, it just sounded so rehearsed. You know what happens when some people lie? They just uh, put way too many details into the story. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounded like to me from Trey. And then it just goes far into laughable territory later on, where it's like, hey, and then I took my skeptic friend to the cemetery. And, uh, I, you know, we drove up there and we felt strange as if there was a presence. And then I rolled down the window and then we heard a woman scream. It's way too convenient. And then on top of that, he just goes into ludicrous territory when he's talking about how then our, our, our cars had these symbols on them. There was like a triangle and there was this other symbol. And then there were like these... Uh, uh, fingerprints of like three fingers that were elongated. So, like, so what did, are the, what did are, an alien are, attack are, you? Are the greys <laughs> in cahoots with the ghosts now? Do they have like a, a deal? They for, <laughs> Did they form a uh, partnership at the cemetery? Yeah, there were fingerprints in the frost. I was like, yeah, dude, come on. And then I looked up uh, uh, the symbols and they're demonic. Oh God, give me a break. <laughs> so that's the one where I was like, okay, all right, uh, coast to coast AM caller. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel like George Norrie's like main uh, qualification for being the host of Coast to Coast AM is to basically be able to go, 
Uh huh. And then what happened to like the craziest motherfuckers out there? Like he, I think you just have to have a huge patience. Because, uh, I mean, I shouldn't judge someone based on their name, but Trey doesn't that sound like some you know? Hey, my guy good, my good just... friend, uh, my one of my good guy friends' name is Trey, and yeah, he's not the sharpest uh, tool in the shed, but uh, he's well, a good. We got friend. Trey Parker, who you know works for South Park. It sounds like something somebody you know you know a Trey would just make up. Yeah, you know? yeah, Trey, tra- my Trey. Is a very over some beers, yeah. you know. There's probably not a whole lot else to do in Nebraska, you know, other than look at corn and drink beers and watch uh, Cornhuskers football. So you know, I was like, all right, uh, why don't I just uh, call into Unsolved Mysteries and tell them about uh, this thing that totally really happened with me and my friends at Ball Cemetery. Yeah, if if it weren't for the fact that they had, you know, multiple other people with stories about this place and this just off the that story alone, the, the this episode probably would not have, you know, existed. But since well, I, they had multiple other stories, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. There's multiple other stories with other suspect cases. I know, but it paranormal. just it just gives it a little like that much more, I guess, credence. Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, and they had this uh, paranormal investigator guy they brought on, and he talked about uh, uh, some. Uh, I, I don't know if he talked about his personal experience or not. I'm not. I don't quite remember that. Um, but uh, and then he talked about how he went there and set some uh, detectors to detect any sort of energy, and apparently they found something. But that doesn't really mean anything when it comes to that kind of stuff. I also love how the narrator's name is Steve French, which is literally the name of the ma- the marijuana eating mountain lion on the Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Someone even said in the comments to like, um, they're like, uh, new unsolved mysteries uh, podcast hosted by Steve French, and someone said in the comments, "You mean the the weed eating uh, lion and the Trailer Park Boys is going to host the podcast?" <laughs> it's like that's so fucking funny. <clears throat> But yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to the haunting of Ball Cemetery, do I feel that it's a legitimate case of haunting or a legitimate case of the paranormal? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, That's really you know, ultimately how I feel about it. The thing about it is, though, is like, how many, how many millions of podcasts are there like this out there now? You know, with the, with yeah. the sound effects and the They're music. They're a little late to the game. Oh, very, very I, late I, to the I, game. Very late to the but game. But I will say this: that still has some really good production values, and I'm looking forward to uh, hearing the next one, which sounds like it's going to be maybe a missing persons case, and I think that might be a little bit uh, stronger. I will in terms say. Of I will say I enjoyed this episode of this podcast, not our podcast, this Unsolved Mysteries podcast. I enjoyed this more than a, a lot of the episodes from season two of the Netflix show. Yeah, I show. do too. I will say, it, like I said, this has potential. I yeah. just feel some people should have been screened out. And like, and the great thing about the podcast format, is, A, it's super popular. It's never been more popular yeah. than it is now. And it's cheaper to produce, cheaper to than, produce. than an actual show. And and. Also, they can do these these cases, these mysterious cases of ghosts and aliens and shit, and they don't have to worry about looking cheesy and having mullet Donald Trump lay uh, on the gl- on the grass 
pro- yeah. prone or whatever, and, yeah. you know, reenacting his abduction uh-huh. scenario, looking all corny and, and corning up the whole episode so they yeah. can they can do whatever they want since it's audio only and they don't have to worry about that visual aspect, which a lot of people, you know, talk shit about, even in the 90s ones. Like, oh, the UFO, the CGI looks so shitty and... It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but like it, it's, I don't know. To me, it still gets the point across. It's, there was something weird going on. And the, you know, I've, to me, if the content is good, like the visuals don't have to be as good. But if you have shitty content, there's no amount of good visuals that yeah. are going to save yeah, the story. For sure. So, uh, yeah, I would say for a first episode, uh, decent, decent job. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I did. I also enjoyed it. I wouldn't listen to it over and over again, but, no. uh, it, it was a, a, a nice uh, first outing for uh, the the official Unsolved Mysteries podcast. They got a lot of ground to cover though to get to where we're at in terms of in terms of episodes. No, uh, in, in but, yeah, uh, in terms of episodes, but in terms of um, you know, oh, they're, they're going to get way more follow, way more of a following than than us. Yeah, we're, we're not just, only following, we're just, but we're just accepting of that. Yeah. You know, that's just the name of the game when it's an official podcast. <clears throat> Yeah, and I'm sure there'll be like five star rating out, out the ass, which they deserve. Honestly, I mean, they put the you know the well, work yeah, into it for the production value, sure. Uh, but if they keep having sketchy people like Trey, I don't know. Uh, that might uh, that might bring it down a little bit. Now, if the if if this podcast, the Unsolved Mysteries podcast, if if it had opened up and the narrator was like, "God, I was stuck in traffic all day. Wow." Man, I'm really fucking hungover. So, uh, what's going on with you guys out there? And then, like, 15 minutes later, he's finally like, all right, let's talk about Ballpark Cemetery. Then I think the episode would get rated much lower, because that's kind of our format that we do. Uh, And then we might have to send them a cease and desist. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wouldn't that be coming fucking full circle? Yeah, we uh, we want you to cease and desist this format. You're infringing on our... On our uh, artistic <laughs> performance, whenever we do our podcast, uh, your host <laughs> is consistently hungover and complaining about, it, much like uh, one of the hosts on Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that case. I mean, I'd go, I'd check it out if I were you. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't, if you're a fan of the show, definitely uh, give it a listen. Uh, it's very short too. It's like not. It's, it's not even thirty minutes. Thirty six minutes. The whole the, oh well, the one that I listened to wasn't that long. Yeah, it was thirty six minutes. Um, I will huh. say uh, another thing that I enjoyed about uh, this podcast, and, and this might change, and I'm sure it will, um, because the podcast just started out. No fucking advertisements in the podcast. Like that was so nice because I know well, it's I, an official podcast. Like, what kind of advertisements are they really going to need to uh, continue this? Dude, are you kidding me? Like, and make any, and make any profit, any, any fucking, it doesn't matter. Official, unofficial Joe Rogan is full of uh, advertisements. Bill Burr. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, but those, those are a little bit different in terms of, no, uh, dude, I'm telling you any big podcast, they have advertisers. That's how they well, make Well, yeah, money. I know. But I'm just saying in terms of Unsolved Mysteries, it's their official podcast, so they don't really necessarily, uh, they they probably are able to produce this on very little money compared yeah. to some of the other podcasts. I just, I hope that they keep it ad-free because that, that can be like such a pain in the ass when it's chock full of ads and 
like this one podcast I listen to, it's like a music podcast. They have ads at the beginning of the fucking show, yeah. in the middle of the show. Well, we had ads at one point, but uh, yeah, that didn't ours really... were so fucking dinky though, and you could just <laughs> you could pretty much just hit skip 30 seconds ahead yeah, 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 button yeah. and you're pretty much done with I it mean, seems like uh on podcasts it's like the only place where you really run into unavoidable ads unless you have one of those free streaming services where you're not paying the premium so you have to deal with ads because in every other place like you can use ad block or something and you can block ads so uh but with podcasts that you just you can't really do that Bill Burr actually had the most ingenious technique for his ad reads. Like he tries to make them funny or he, he like, like he tries to kind of make fun of the company that he's advertising. And it, it, it almost makes you want to listen to his ad reads because he actually is entertaining and funny like when he does it. So it's like, yeah, you know, so that's been the smartest way I've seen so far. And I actually bought something from one of the ads that he was advertising. I turned out to not really like it very much, but, you know, hey, I'm, I'm all for helping out small businesses, which this company yeah. is a startup company, so. Yeah. They were like, yeah, if it was like some kind of organic soda, which I love drinking soda, so I was like, oh, I'd like to drink a healthier soda, and uh-huh. they just, man, you just can't, you just can't make soda right without adding bad stuff in there. That's just how it is. A good soda is not good for you, but that's how it's, well, I mean, it was a soda stream or something. No, it was called Olipop, and they okay. use like stevia and and all these other oh, natural yeah. sweeteners, and they have all like fiber and like good shit in there. I'm pretty sure if you got used, if you only had that for a while, you probably get used to it. Yeah, well, there were two flavors that I liked because I bought the variety pack, but uh-huh. uh, their classic cola flavor was a fucking joke. It tasted nothing like any kind of cola I, well, I've well, had. Well, I mean. Uh, you know, that's that's usually the case with a lot of uh, generic colas. Well, even RC cola, I I I thought was pretty good back in the day. That's all. That's all our element. I don't know why. That's all our elementary school had for <laughs> all you, your elementary school just had RC. Yeah, cola. if you wanted like that'd a, be hilarious if all our elementary school had was Jolt Cola. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, and I would. All like, of the kids were just hopped up on Jolt Cola all the time. It was a war zone. <laughs> uh, you don't really hear about RC Cola anymore, do you? Royal Crown. No. No. Speaking of uh, throwbacks uh, that I loved as a kid, Dunkaroos are back. Oh, yeah. I saw your post. Yeah, Mr. the cookies. I'm going to buy the entire uh-huh. stock. The cookies with the frosting in the little tray. Mr. You... Dunkaroos scalper over here. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not scalping them, baby. I'm keeping them all Hoarder. for myself. Hoarder. He's a yes. Dunkaroo hoarder. I'm That's not trying to sell those bitches. Um, they're delicious. I found them at Walmart and I bought 18 packs of them. <laughs> Ended up costing me like 36 bucks, <laughs> but it was worth it because they're so fucking delicious and delightful. And I forgot the how much I... addict over here. Yeah, I forgot how much I liked <laughs> gonna, those fucking I things. I gotta have my Dunkaroos. <laughs> well, first of you all, got any of them Dunkaroos, man? First of all, I love shortbread cookies, which are what the cookies are, and and the fucking frosting is is delicious. And when yeah. the two go together, it's like. You make your mouth happiness. I mean, uh, I hope they stick around. Uh, but yeah, they're at the checkout counter at Walmart if you want to relive your 90s nostalgia. Um, oh, they might be at a different counter too. Depends on the Walmart. Yeah, whatever. Um, all right, so moving on to our next case. 
This was actually brought up in our fan group. If Josh could just talk about his love of Dunkaroos for an entire podcast, he'd, he'd probably probably go for that, right? I'm actually kind of <laughs> full right now. I don't really want to talk about food too much because I had a Whataburger. Uh, a du- oh, Whataburger. You have one of those. Double double meat. Ooh, you had a double one. I'm a, gro- a lot of meat. I'm a growing boy, Mike. I need my protein. <laughs> So this next so, case. So speaking of Whataburger, uh, I think that's actually a chain in Oklahoma City. I think there's a bunch of those over there. So wow. in Oklahoma, where uh, we are actually going to uh, be traveling to in your mind for uh, this uh, particular uh, case. Yes, yes, indeed. Um. So this was requested in our group. It's one of those ones that we thought we already talked about. I don't think we did, but if we did, then just deal with us having Alzheimer's <laughs> and talking about it again. No, I don't think we did. I think we at one point were going to, but then we decided to do something else, or we're just getting a confused with another case of somebody getting struck by lightning. Which well, you were thinking, you were probably thinking one. about Daniel Brinkley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked. We definitely talked about him. Yeah, in the fucking cheesy reenactment when he's like re- reviewing his <laughs> his whole life and yes. all the people he he hurt and oh just all the God. dumb faces. Oh man, that was. But you know, it's like how how do you do like such an existential episode with like this limited budget? You yeah. know, that's like this one wasn't quite as unintentionally hilarious, but there were some moments uh, like the acting of young Mary. Yes. The acting was the main cheese. Um, so I anyway, can't move. I well, can't feel anything. <laughs> uh, she she almost does a uh, what was that stupid UFO documentary that we made fun of? Oh, the extraordinary. Yeah, with the guy who was like the the the, the gray started tantalizing oh, nipple guy. Yeah, they started tantalizing his <laughs> nipples, and he was like, ah, ah. She kind of does a miniature one of uh, the actor who is uh, the actress, yeah, playing young Mary when she's in the the hospital bed, and uh, they're like giving her the news, and then she talks to her her fiance, and she's like, oh, you, "You don't have to wait for me. You can you can marry someone else or something like that." And it was just like, <laughs> "Oh man, the overacting going on right now, like." Or, you know, maybe it wouldn't be overacting, but just yeah. how she delivered it was just, like, comical to me. I, 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 I like, inadvertently cackled, and I, I I didn't mean to. I was like, damn. I, I, I wound up chuckling at the electrical effects. When she yes, absolutely. That's some Adobe Premiere level uh, <laughs> lightning effects right there, buddy. Um, so, yeah, anyway, for 23 years, 44-year-old Oklahoma City resident Mary Clemser... His battle with multiple sclerosis. Now, before before uh, uh, the case was introduced, uh, Robert Stack talked about weather in Oklahoma City and uh, and uh, and in Oklahoma in general, and he's talking about freak windstorms and record amounts of rain and snow the size of baseballs. I'm like, yep, I know exactly what you mean, Robert. Lived in Oklahoma City for a couple years, and that was that was some of the weirdest and worst weather that I have experienced to this day. Wow! The blizzard that I was in uh, when I was working at the movie theater 
uh, that was so bad that I had to stay the night at the theater because really? the snow had piled up all the way uh, to the point where you couldn't even get out of the mall. Oh my god! Like it was that the snow was that high. That's and that was on nuts. Christmas Eve, I think. Uh, and then we still wound up working on Christmas after the, a blizzard and got slammed because a bunch of crazy-ass Oklahoma City residents were like, oh, it's Christmas, it's a tradition, we're going to the theater. Jesus so Christ. after noon, we got slammed because we didn't have as many people uh, as we normally did. Because uh, they died get- due to exposure. I didn't get much sleep either because we just slept. You know, uh, there was no there was no comfortable place to sleep because you just had to sleep in the theater. And if you don't have like a jacket or something to cover up those holes in the seats, like it's just it's awful. And then I was like, I can't deal with this. So then I tried to sleep in the break room on a bench, but that was awful because it's freezing up there, and it's not. And I'm tall, so the the bench was too small. So it was just uh, no sleep, and just dealing with a, a crazy amount of people. Yeah, that was that was a, that was really that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and then I've also dealt with, really, there there was instances where the hail was that big. It was freaking huge, the largest hail I have ever seen. And then on top of that, you got the tornadoes. I was lucky enough to not actually be involved with a tornado, but uh, I've mentioned this story many times, and I still think it's pretty funny. Uh, the local Chuck E. Cheese that got hit multiple times by a tornado, almost as if God himself was like, get this shit out of here. Yeah, so it sounds like God just hates Oklahoma. (laughs) He's like, fuck this state in particular. And the wind, like, it is bad. Because it's so flat, right? It's like Yeah, there's nothing to stop it, and so the wind is just freaking insane so yeah robert stack was uh, actually understating it when it comes to how crazy and weird and wild the weather is over there jesus christ well thank you for the firsthand um experiences uh expounding i've upon shared this. them before on this podcast but it's probably been uh, a year or two yeah since i've done it last so so anyway mary clamser 44 year old resident of oklahoma city uh, battled multiple sclerosis, a degenerative nerve disease. She was first diagnosed with the disease in 1972 when she was 19 and engaged to be married to Ron Clamser. As a result, she was unable to move or feel her legs. She was told that she would never be able to walk or have children. You Face- definitely felt for Mary. Yeah, for sure. I mean, imagine that. You know, you're young, got your whole life ahead of you and then this random thing happens and then you can't feel your legs and can, everything's just off, just wrong i mean that would be that just be horrible cuz that's just your whole life your whole future life is, is being taken away from you yeah i mean for sure uh so faced with a tragic future mary felt that she had to end her engagement with ron because she did not want him to go and through what a that selfless thing yeah yeah for real that was like heart, like touching you know yeah and then it was doubly touching when ron was like no i love you no fuck that i'm getting married to you i want to hit that <laughs> well he didn't put it that way but <laughs> sorry i was translating it into 2021 lingo so the so the the zoomers will understand However, Ron said that he would love her no matter what, and they were to be married for better or for worse. 
That's very um, sweet. Two weeks before the wedding, the disease relented enough for Mary to be able to walk down the aisle, which was also very sweet and, you know, good, because now they always have that picture, you know. However, the MS soon returned. Despite this, she wanted to live the best life as possible with Ron. Over the next 10 years, she struggled through three difficult pregnancies, but she was still able to give birth to her two sons and daughter. Mary's family adjusted as best as they could to her MS. Yeah, and... uh they were talking about the MS, and it just sounds like a nightmare, man. I mean, just constantly dealing with it all the time. And, and just the, the times when it will go away. Like, what a tease. You know? Yeah. Well, oh, th- there'll be times where it will not, it, you won't be dealing with an attack, and it'll be for months, and then it'll, it'll come back. Well, yeah, that's the crazy thing is because it comes in waves, and so you'll yeah. have, like, a... Because it's a nerve uh, disorder, <laughs> I believe, yeah. You'll have a period nerve of disease. a few months where you're all fucky, and then you might have a year to where you're fine. Yeah, I mean, so it's just like... and But then as you get older... It gets the, worse. It, the attacks get worse, and they last longer. Mm-hmm. In the summer of 1992, the MS came back worse than before. Over a year later, the MS was still causing her great pain. Then, yeah, she was, uh, uh, at this point, uh, she had had the MS uh, and was dealing with an attack for uh, a year, which is way longer than uh, anyone in the family had seen before. And uh, also hearing her talk about how, like, uh, my kids, they grew up with a mom who was always in the hospital and wasn't really, the, you know, able to do as much. Like, that was very heartbreaking, too. And then just to, to hear the kids... Uh, still have a lot of appreciation for her, though, and love, and to the point where they don't even want to say she was a hassle. Yeah, they like they they were like teetering on saying that, but they never. They, he'd all the, the the one son that was being interviewed. He kind of yeah. kept stop him, stopping himself. And he's like, you know, not 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 saying she was a hassle, but uh, you know, we had our our difficulties and blah blah blah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it became a thing to where, like, everyone in the family was kind of, you know, um, unfortunately, she did kind of become a burden. And, you know, the dad would get home from work and be in a crummy mood and because, you know, that, oh, well, you know, whose turn is it to help mom with this, that and the other? And she heard her family arguing about her in the other room and she said something to the effect of it felt like I was already dead and I was hearing... I don't think they were arguing about her. They were just arguing about something in general. No, it was about and... her. Like, oh no, it's your turn to do this or it's your turn to do that. Oh, I, I, I thought it was... Yeah, it no, was they else. were... It, yeah, and she heard them you know... And this was when she was really in, in, in the middle of the longest MS attack. Uh, that she had been dealing with at that point and just my heart went out to her you know like i felt like i was dead you know at that moment like oh man shit yeah so i mean it was um i you know i mean i i get it to a certain degree because i mean my dad you know um he was um he kind of needed to be like watched and t- and he was kind of a burden in a way at at some uh-huh. point because but but his I feel like his was more self inflicted. It's similar to probably what a lot of families deal with with someone who's paralyzed or has some other debilitating disease. Um, and uh, but 
love for uh, a family member and just love in general, you know, can be a really uh, big, a bit of fuel, you know, for someone to, to, you know, for people to continue to, to deal with all of that, because uh, that's a, a, a very uh, severe state of vulnerability. And, and uh, the only people who could really take care of you are, are the ones that love you. Right. So anyway, um, during a thunderstorm on August 17th, 1994, something miraculous happened, which put this into the miracle category of Unsolved Mysteries. When Mary stepped into a bathtub and her leg brace was up against the bathtub yeah. and the tub was struck by lightning. So, by the way, folks, just, even though this was a, a bit of a miracle or, or a um, uh, unheard of uh, bit of medical uh, craziness, I would not recommend taking a shower in the middle of a lightning storm. Yeah, really. I mean, because I was... chances are that you will not be uh, like Mary. You will just wind up uh, dead. Right. You get struck by lightning. I remember my dad freaking out about even talking on the phone, like back when we had landlines. Like, yeah. even talking on the phone during a thunderstorm, he was like, the lightning can strike the phone line and come through the phone and electrocute you in the head. <laughs> like, he was, he was really paranoid about all that shit. I mean, I used to think that if you're even in a car. Well, I heard a car, car is pretty is safe. Made out of, yeah, the main car is made out of metal, so... Well, the yeah, I, I heard that being in a car is pretty safe, because when the car car gets struck yeah. by lightning, it goes through the metal body, uh-huh. and, and the tires are rubber, so it, it, it's Unless kinda, you were in a DeLorean, maybe there's too much metal going on Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like a fucking human toaster. But, uh, yeah, I heard a car is actually not a bad place to be to, for lightning to strike, because it absorbs most of it, and... Yeah, channels it into the. But I always t- remember, tires. like you know, my parents would be like, "I don't want you outside." You know that, like, you can't hide under a tree because it's not always gonna, yeah, you know, help you out in that instance. Especially if a lightning bolt hits the tree and then the tree falls on you. So anyway, if Mike will ever let me finish this paragraph, um, <laughs> never. During a th- you refuse, goddammit. it. During a thunderstorm, uh, Mary stepped into a bathtub and was struck by lightning. At least 10,000 volts of electricity went through her body. The force threw her across the room. And then you have that really corny reenactment. Yeah, the, know, the yeah she, when she gets struck by lightning, it's like... <laughs> just, just. I mean, what's funny is like the actress had to... like, sh- bef- You know, because the effects were put in in post-production. Yeah. So she yeah. had to just sit there and act like she was being struck by lightning like before they added in the effects, which is probably a funny thing to see. If I was on see. the crew that day, it would have been hard for me to not laugh. I'm sorry. That's probably just how it like is. I'd- Whenever anyone is like fake acting like they're struck by lightning or electrocuted, it's always... I, I don't know. It's, it's just, one thing if they're able to make the effect look really, really convincing, but it's another yeah. thing if it looks fake as fuck and it's just like, ugh. Like, you're not even getting... You know, it doesn't even look like you're getting electrocuted. It looks like these CGI lightning bolts are, you know, like Emperor Palpatine is just I off the I think it was screen. an optical effect. It almost looked like uh, something you'd see in one of those uh, 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 lightning balls, you know? 
Like the thing where you put your hands over it and then oh, the, the oh, yeah. electricity would move yeah. around? Well, no, it's it's literally, I have Adobe Premiere and they literally have a uh, lightning bolt uh, effect that you can keyframe and then and it, and it looks pretty much exactly like that. But, um, so yeah, uh, she survived the uh, 10,000 volts of electricity, which is crazy because... Uh, that you, is insane. You would think that that would stop your heart. You know, we're, our whole body is... We are able to move our muscles and everything because of small electrical impulses. Yeah, that which uh, I think the fact that she did survive is a reason why her MS was put into remission was due to getting struck by lightning. Because the body is such a electric uh, being that uh, with that amount of electricity, like maybe it recharged the nerves or something. That were having issues because of MS. Trying to see how many volts of electricity are fatal. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Shocks above the 2,700 volts are often yeah. fatal. Uh huh. With those above 11,000 volts being usually fatal, though exceptional cases have been noted. But they're saying. definitely an exceptional case. They were saying 2,700 sure. volts from a consistent current, not like a quick jolt. Um, so she just barely, you know, avoided death. I want to see how many volts, how many volts of electricity are in a taser. Uh, taser sends a pulse with about 50,000 volts. What? I guess since it's a pulse, it's not. Welcome to uh, the portion of the podcast where Josh learns about electricity. I guess it's I guess the <laughs> the amperage on it. I'm not a fucking electrician, but the amperage on a taser is low, but the voltage is high. So I don't fucking uh-huh. know whatever. I'm no scientist. I'm just trying to like bring 10,000 volts into like real world numbers that people yeah. can understand. All right. So anyway, um, she was rushed to the emergency room. She survived the lightning strike and was sent to the emergency room. Amazingly, while the doctors were working on her, she began to feel them touching her feet or her legs. Uh, she was shocked as for 23 years, she could feel she could not feel her left leg. And for two years, could not feel her right leg. And, and that the, was a, that was a good reenactment. I would say yeah, that and was the, the fucking better. device that they are using to like see. Yeah. If she, it's like this spiky, Is like it a pizza it's, cutter. Yeah, it's like a pizza cutter, <laughs> but like it's got these spikes and like it's yeah. a, instead of like a round circle, round circle. It looks like wood. a torture. It looks like a torture device. Yeah, I'm like God. I mean, I guess that's what they would use to see if you can feel something because you're definitely gonna either feel that or not feel it. You're not gonna be in between on <laughs> yeah. that. And the the actress who played uh, Mary, I uh, thought she did a good job, like showcasing her uh, disbelief. Where she's like, "No, I could feel it." I, and then, of course, the doctor's like, "Yeah, no, yeah, right. Come what on." What are you doing? Ow! Just, it's like I can't feel. You can't feel. She can't feel anything. There was like kind of a lot asked out of this particular actress for this segment. She yes. had to. She had to go through like a range of emotions. Yes. Um, it was a lot more believable than the other one, where it's like, I can't feel anything. 
Uh, miraculously, the lightning strike had put Mary's uh, multiple sclerosis into remission. Although she was in pain for the next few weeks, she was happy that she could feel her legs. Then two weeks after the lightning strike, she was able to get up from her chair and walk across the room without any support. Yeah, she wound up in the kitchen. And uh, she was at the refrigerator until she realized, oh my god, I, walk, I got yeah, up and like I walked a, wow. to the fridge. And then her kid comes over and he's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing all the way over here? It's like, I, I, I walked over here. Well, you want to try walking again? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> she was yeah. the acting man. It, yeah, it has its high I, points and its cheesy it points. It does, for sure. Uh, but then uh, Mary's talking about I was taking little toddler steps. Well, yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, your 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 muscles, I mean, if, you, if you're not using your left leg for, what, 23 years or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the, the atrophy that must... And then within a year, she was able to walk long distances without any leg braces or support. Yes. Um, she now exercises regularly and lives a, lives a completely normal life. Uh, no one has any idea how Mary's MS was cured through lightning, but she believes it was a miracle. Interestingly, on April 19, 1995, Mary canceled an appointment at the Oklahoma City Federal Building to do an interview about the miracle in L.A. The Oklahoma City bombing occurred that day. Wow. Wow. Damn. That's crazy. Um, so to give you a little bit more detail on this, uh, kind of a mixed bag of stuff here that happened after this segment, uh, Mary's multiple sclerosis later returned and she was once again confined to a wheelchair. What a buzzkill. Yeah. But amazingly, in 2005, she was outside when she was again struck by lightning and once again, her MS went into fucking remission, and she is able to walk again now. <laughs> like, I know. What? Yeah, lightning literally did strike twice in this instance. And now she has a special room in her house to protect her from any further lightning strikes. I think there are certain people out there who, because of some kind of something in their bioelectrical yeah thing. like they are more prone to be struck by lightning than like there's others. this one guy who's been struck by lightning more than twice if i remember correctly so yeah and also um mary's husband ron passed away in two- 2016 well that at the age of 68 and their son christopher also oh has my passed God. away so she has a miracle of getting struck by lightning multiple times and her MS going into remission, but then she loses her husband and is lost. You know, I would say Mary's life is a big mixed bag. Uh, you have some turds in there mixed with some Jolly Ranchers. It's really not, uh, I mean, I don't know. That's man. unfortunate. I life mean, to is lose so fucking random. I wonder what the sun, I wonder what kid. the sun died of. That would be awful if he got struck by lightning and died. Can yeah. you imagine that? Like, yeah, I would consider moving uh, from Oklahoma at that point. But uh, it was, and also for anyone who is nerdy enough to remember the segment, it's not the son in the segment because the son that no. they interview in the segment is Ron Junior. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Ron Junior. So this was Christopher, who was never on 
Um, well, I think they showed a picture of him when he was a kid. But, yeah, yeah they and uh, he might have been walking. Really interviewed him. I think he was walking with the family at the end of the segment yeah. when she was hopscotching across the benches. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if it's a uh, case of uh, blessing from a higher power, but it is something that's really uh, definitely um, fairly uh, unbelievable. But it actually happened. I, I think it's just a very rare instance of. Uh, something occurring that uh, is very highly unlikely because most people who get struck by lightning probably aren't going to live, let alone have some sort of miraculous effect from the lightning strike. But I do feel that there might be something about it in regards to uh, the fact that the MS attacks the nervous system and, uh, the ner- and specifically the electrical impulses. So I, I'm wondering if she gets struck by lightning because she has MS, it, it, it like recharges uh, those cells or recharges something or, or uh, causes something to uh, go into remission because of the electricity. It's something to really look into for potential MS treatment, maybe a little more than just like and, and not like like electrocute people on purpose. But I, I mean, you know, like to see what kind of effect electricity might have in terms of treatment even you know smaller amounts of of uh electrical impulses oh i mean it is a neurological like brain thing so it's not surprising that electricity would you know possibly help the situation because you're dealing with you know nerves and elect i don't know but it definitely seems like she's not completely cured though because it goes into remission and then She, it comes back unless she gets struck again by lightning or is exposed to electricity again. So I'm wondering if uh, that's just just my idea of trying to make sense out of things. Yeah, which it's hard to make sense out of out of uh, a case like this. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving along to our final segment of the podcast, the perks of being a Josh Flower. It's where I read out of my diaries that I wrote in when I was a teenager. Um, I haven't pre-read any of this. I'm reading along with you just as I'm remembering what I wrote over f- 15, fucking 15, 14, 13 years ago. So, um, also as per usual, anything that I say in this that sounds fucked up or homophobic or anything, well, that's how I talked back then and I'm not proud of it and I don't stand by it. So just know that um resuming at saturday december 17 2005 whenever i tell people about my life it's not to make them feel sorry for me that's just how sad it really is (laughs) yeah i know right that's just how sad it really is i hope they don't think i'm trying to get sympathy like, for instance, last night, this girl call I called said she would call me back in, like, 30 minutes. I waited the whole night, and she never called. But see, I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for me. That really happened. So, whatever. Um, yeah, today nothing. Man, I'm so chicken shit with this other girl I'm talking to. I have to keep up this reputation of not cussing. Damn, that is so fucking hard. I love to cuss. Bye, African Americans. Okay, well... That was stupid Josh. Being stupid and pathetic. Monday, December 26, 2005. 
It's like when I try to talk about all my many problems I have with girls. I think I'm fixing something, but I'm really only just shedding light on how pathetic I really am. I'm tired, very tired, and not like sleepy. I'm tired of talking to girls that I know I probably have no chance with, but I just talk to them, digging myself deeper into the friends-only zone. Why don't girls just come up to me like they do to every other fucking person in the world? And if someone tells me, oh, Josh, the right one will come, I will interrupt their sentence with a shut the fuck up. I've heard that all before, so I hope nobody reads this. And if you do, don't comment, please. I don't care about your fucking two cents. Okay, I'm mad now. Bye. (laughs) Wow. Now, on a scale of one to ten, how big was that hair flip? Yeah. It's a pretty An big. eight is coming to mind. <laughs> I like how you gave it a thoughtful maybe, score. Maybe a 7.5. <laughs> 8 range. It's not quite a 10. I wouldn't say it's a 9. But it's up there. <laughs> I like that. Alright, so now we're finally into 2006. Sunday, January 8th, 2006. This one's a, a doozy. If my life was some stupid drama right now, it would be like there was a big traffic jam and things aren't going so well. Well, if you go back many entries ago on my Zanga, you will see much mention of Stephanie. Well, Stephanie is kind of back in the picture. I've been hanging out with her quite a bit, and at first, my intentions were pure, and I thought, hey, I'm just going to hang out with her. Bullshit, Josh, that's not what you were thinking. But it's never that easy with a girl, especially one that's hot with a bunch of T's, for which I find her. So the first time we went out, we pecked once. The second time, we pecked twice. And that night I told her, I do like kissing you, though. And she says, really? And I said, yes, we should do it more often. Did this actually happen, Josh? uh, I don't remember. And she says, true dat, nigga. So, yeah, Yeah, that's no, that's what she said. So there you go. So I'm thinking, okay, cool, I'm going to make out with her now and we will be friends with benefits. Why in the hell did I think that? Why did that thought process go through my mind? And in because this, that never happens. <laughs> and in the same time frame, Casey is calling me more, and I really like her too. And I'm thinking, man, uh. she probably thinks I'm a good friend, and I feel like I want to go back out with her. And when I do, we will never break up, and we will oh get married my God. again. Oh my God! Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I even follow it up with, "Why the hell did I think that?" I must think very highly of myself to automatically assume everyone wants me and thinks I'm just the greatest shit. So as soon as you could imagine, I was happy. Like one week ago, I was thinking, okay, cool. I got Stephanie as a friend with benefits. I got Casey as a future girlfriend. I got my Rickenbacker coming in, which is a bass guitar I owned. Uh, So I was happy. Okay, well, Casey calls me and I tell her about my plans for wanting to go out with her. And she casually says, maybe, you never know. Ugh, how devastating! (laughs) I thought she would be all for it. And then she responds with an answer that could mean never again. And it wasn't even an an enthusiastic maybe. It was like a regular ass maybe. Okay, so there was that. Next, Stephanie. Okay, it was a few days ago actually. So we go to the mall, and I think it's in the bag. So I resist any attempts at sexual advances by her. And there were some. And I thought I looked great that night too. And she was... kind of on me a little and so I thought this will be great but then I go to kiss her nothing 
She doesn't want why to. Why am I getting why am I getting Joker vibes here? Like you're just inventing this girlfriend in your head. No, at that these moment. people are existing, but they're just not into me and I, I didn't know how to That's what I'm saying. Like they yeah. exist, but you're inventing this version of them that is like speaking to you in a certain fashion or even going as far uh, with uh, with you in terms of the, the consensual relationship. Delusional, I think, uh, would be the word. Yeah, it's delusional. It's, it's just, it seems like you're just creating this delusion in your head uh, at this moment yeah, that and things I very, I, yeah, went I, a certain way, but I, in I reality, well they didn't, and they were there really weren't as many signals as you think, and uh, other stuff is just complete fabrications of your uh of your mind um yeah probably wow so i go into to kiss her nothing she doesn't want to she doesn't lean in she doesn't continue my attempts she blows me off why i still don't know so there goes those two things so i would say i'm an idiot yes i'm pretty stupid the right thing would have been to stay in the mindset of friend with Steph and Casey, but damn, I always have to make everything fucking sexual. I need to calm my nuts and keep it in my <laughs> pants for a little bit. Hey, that's the best advice you gave yeah, yourself Yeah, I know, there. but of course I couldn't stick to that mindset. And my rickin' uh, fucking balker is back-ordered until fucking 13th, motherfucker. And on top of all that, <laughs> I haven't been able to sleep good lately at all. I think I have com- obsessive compulsive disorder. Oh no, Josh, you definitely have obsessive compulsive oh, disorder. Oh my god. Because every time I go to say my Holy prayers shit. at night, right when I'm about to say amen, the word fuck will appear at the end. So I have to keep trying to say amen without fuck appearing at the end, but I can't do it. And I start getting nervous, and I'm all hot and bothered, and I can't go to sleep until like two hours later. And that really fucks me up in the morning. And that started on Christmas Eve night. That fuck thing. It's weird, but yeah, it's keeping me from getting sleep. Why the fuck can't I give, give myself permission to enjoy life with all having to have an issue to deal with? That's a goddamn, or that's a good question. And you know what? I'm scared as shit to go to college because I don't know what the fuck I want to do with my life. And I still want a girlfriend. So you know what, God? Can you make things turn all the way around? He has before and he can do it now. Why don't I start serving him first and not talking so much shit? Okay, Zenga. I'm out. Keep praying for me. Thanks. Love you. <laughs> it was almost a 10, but that ending definitely prevented it from being a 10 in terms of the hair flip. That, like, ta- uh, that, like tapered, factor. It, tapered it yeah. back a little bit. Yeah. Oh, young Josh, if I could only go back in time and tell you that, no, your brain will never let you enjoy life, and you will always find and manufacture a new problem that has to fuck with you. Or a um, new lover. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right, where uh, the fuck is... Let me see, because that, that one ran out. Because, so. uh, like, even when you were reading that, you're probably like, I don't remember this ever happening. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything, because you were young enough that you might not just remember, period, what exactly happened that day. But, uh, I mean, it's there's just so much fabricating going on in there. But there's a lot of that. When it comes to a lot of the the, the writing from uh, your Zanga, it's a big part of what makes it so entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think you might be onto something with the uh, me fabricating in my mind all these uh, scenarios that I I read. But you know, a lot of like nerdy guys do that who have yeah. bad luck with ladies. They like they make mm-hmm. up scenarios all the fucking time. Like my but friend, the reality is you're just sitting there. 
you know, at the mall and she, she might be sitting there with you. It's just this awkward, you know, moment and you don't really want to tell the truth. So you, especially on your social media platform. So you just, uh, create some, uh, white lies and, and change things around and make it look at it. It could still look awkward, but like not as awkward and lame yeah. as, as it really was. All right, so now we got Sunday, January 29th, 2006. Yeah, um, geez, this thing is like serving no purpose. What can I say? I'm a MySpace freak. Amrisa is the only one who <laughs> reads this. Now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the one, you know, just a few entries ago I was trashing MySpace. Now I'm like all over it. Um, just like I said, I was I, like I knew it. Like, uh, uh, you know, when it comes to a lot of kids anyway, this age. <clears throat> Uh, you just jump on the trend because everyone else is jumping on it. You feel like absolutely you want to be part be of uh, the action. Yeah, exactly. And Risa is the only one who reads this. The only reason I should keep it is because sentimental value. I had been writing in this thing for like a year and a half, and now over yeah. it's, it's got sentimental value. That's hilarious. And it's honestly pretty hilarious that you continue to write in this thing. Yeah, I would continue to like, write into it for like another like six years after this or yeah. so. But yeah, me and Stephanie like each other. Actually, she says, quote, I think you would be good for me, and I guess I would be good for you. I agree. I just don't know when to ask her out. I really do like her, though. I miss I her. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Show, uh, a big show of faith there. I wish you would get online. I will probably call her later. I have the flu right now or something of some sort. I smoked like one or two cigarettes all last week so maybe that might have something to do with it and that gave you the flu yes in my <laughs> my logic at, at uh what 16 or 17 or however old and i've been kind yeah. of thirsty a lot lately so maybe i have diabetes i don't know i want to go to the doctors and get like a full-fledged checkup i want them to test me for everything but yeah anyway i haven't been bored at all lately really i hang out with stephanie all the time now that's cool and i've been losing weight i'm not gonna say my I'm not going to say my weight, but I've lost almost 10 pounds from that weight. When I get to where I don't feel like a whale saying my weight, I'll start telling people. But anyway, I'm going to go. Maybe I'll stay home tomorrow. I don't know. All right. Good for you, losing all that weight. Uh, I love the whole bit where you're like, I want the doctors to test me for everything. Dude, That yeah, Pig- me being a hypochondriac, that, that, has not, that has not gone anywhere. I still am but, a like, goddamn... Can you, imagine, can you imagine that visit? Like, if the doctor really did test you for everything? Dude, would, the expense. Be- like, that, that would be so fun. <laughs> like, now that I pay my own bills because I'm an adult, like, Jesus, just getting, like, a fucking MRI is, like, a couple hundred dollars. Oh, not like, even okay, a couple, more than you a You want me to do what? All right, I'll test you for everything. Oh, that sure. would be one billion dollars. <laughs> okay, this is the last one I'll read, and then we'll call it uh, a night. Um, Monday, February 6th, 2006. This is almost, what, 2006 when... two. But this is, I can't do the math on that, but we're, we're, we're just past February 6th as of today, so anyway. Um, I quote some Nine Inch Nails lyrics at the beginning here, blah, 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 blah. Probably some emo stuff. Okay, here we go. Okay, all those lyrics to say this, Stephanie, another girl, so close to being my girlfriend, at the last minute just all of a sudden doesn't feel the way I do. And she wants out before the, this thing begins. Okay, that's just as bad as someone breaking up with you. And you have to understand how things were before. I would be excited to get home 
just so I could get online and talk to her. And we would always have races to see which one of us could instant message the other first. And we went out every Friday night and had a fun time. And we would kiss and hold hands and say we loved each other. I had strong feelings for her, as I thought she did for me. And we had a long talk one time in my truck, and she admitted she had feelings for me. And so last Friday after I got home, I go to bed, wake up, and her stupid-ass obsessive stalker friend Christopher is online, and he starts interrogating me. What did you do this weekend? Okay, he never even talks to me. Why does he all of a sudden want to know what I did this weekend? And so I tell the truth, and I say, Friday I went out with Stephanie. And so he asks, is there something between you two? And I say, yes. And so I guess his little baby self gets really upset and starts crying to Stephanie about how he was mad that she didn't tell him this. And I guess he feels betrayed. So I get online later that day and I say hey to her and she says hi dot dot dot. And I say what's up? And she's like I heard you talk to Christopher today. And I'm like yeah so? And she says so nothing. And I'm like what about it? And she's like (laughs) you know that he likes me a lot. Why would you do that? And I say, I'm sorry, I didn't consider his feelings. I was proud that we were about to date. And she goes, well, it made me think, and I just don't know about anything anymore. And so I just go right out uh, with it. Teenage love, oh, I know. a lot of indifference, a lot of indecisiveness, a lot of breaking up over stupid shit. And so I just go right out with it, because I was already fearing the worst, I say, basically, you don't think you like me anymore and don't want to date me. And she says, basically. Ooh, ouch. Damn, Damn. I forgot forgot about that sick burn. And then she goes on to say about how she doesn't want to date anyone and how she's confused and shit. So all this time, (laughs) all this time (laughs) invested into her and all this leading on she's done with me for fucking nothing. What a waste. And then she's, like, freaking out that I'm mad, and she's wondering why I'm mad. Good lord, do I ever have a right to be mad about anything with these stupid-ass girls? So now, no more Friday dates with a good friend. I got to go back to doing shit on Friday night, watching my dick get smaller. Great. (laughs) I really have come to the conclusion that I have no friends. I really don't. No one calls me just to see how I'm doing. No one to hang out with. No one just to talk to about anything. All the people who I thought were my real friends just don't have time in their busy schedule to talk to me. And girlfriend-wise, fuck that. I'm fat and ugly. So therefore, I will not have any promiscuous sex or anything like that or Uh. actual dating relationship because all girls are shallow fucking bullshit liars. Girls are pieces of shit. I hate girls. I'm not gay, but girls are shit. All of the girls I have known have lied, and it's because they are not physically attracted to me, because that's the only reason girls are are so shallow. They're the most shallow creatures on the face of the earth. I don't give a flying fuck what anyone thinks about that statement either. It's true in my mind. But anyway... (laughs) I have no one in my life right now. No friends, no girls, no job. I just got my music and my Lord, and I'm pretty sure God is pissed off at me too. All the things I've done, I think he's seen right through my insincerity whenever I pray just out of habit, but I really try not to. I think I have a OCD. I will think of a phrase someone says and just think about it for like five minutes, and what if I just killed them or hurt them for saying that one Whoa. phrase for no fucking reason? It's, uh. it's so messed up, I know. I don't know why my brain 
even has to turn on me. But yeah, every now and then I still have those thoughts about killing my mom. I put in all caps, I would never do that ever. But my brain likes to fuck with me. I'm trying to be honest on this thing. So if I die or something, at least someone will have a true recollection of what I was really going through in my life. So there will be no question. I really wish I could tell someone all this. Maybe this is just being a teenager. Oh yeah, note to self. I need to stop watching so much fucked up shit on my computer and TV. I just watched a music video for happiness and slavery. That is the most sick fucked up video I have ever seen. It has been burned in my mind. It's just so sick. Look it up online. Nine Inch Nails, happiness and slavery. Watch the whole thing. It's so messed up. So yeah, I hope I can sleep tonight. That's another thing that messes me up. When I'm saying my prayers at night, I'll go to say amen in this little thought that just wants to and tries to insert the word fuck into the end of amen, which my mind deems inappropriate, so I try to say amen again without the fuck, and I have to, like, battle the good side of my mind and the bad side of my mind that will make... And that makes my adrenaline start flowing, and I won't be able to fall asleep because out of the impure thought. I swear this is a constant battle between good and evil in my mind, but anyway, guys, just pray for me because I need more of God in my life right now. I gotta pee. Gosh, what a long blog entry, but keep in mind... (laughs) Uh, all opinions and views expressed in any of these entries are completely based on how I feel at the time, not permanent views. This is only how I feel or think at the, at that exact time. Okay, goodbye, everyone. Ooh, wow. That was a doozy. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, I will say I definitely did feel a good amount of sympathy for young Josh there. Oh, I got like some a really, sympathy points. Really raw deal there. Like, that felt real. Like the other stuff felt like you kind of made some stuff up, but uh, when it comes to that exchange and how that whole relationship ended, that that seemed pretty real to me. Um, and unfortunately, that's kind of uh, that's really common, probably with a lot of men and women. You know, when they were younger, is those kind of uh, relationships where they're indecisive and they don't really know really exactly what they want and they send some signals one way and they're not necessarily translated the same way as another person and and they can end in the most stupid ways uh, you're just being honest to one guy who happens to be a friend of hers and then it's all like alright I guess I'm not going to be with you anymore yeah I mean honestly let's be real that was completely her not wanting to be with me to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. And she was just looking for any excuse possible. Yeah. Uh, or maybe she liked that other guy too, that Christopher yeah, guy. Yeah, I think she I think she liked the other guy. And then maybe this whole thing made her realize, "Well, I, I actually like him more." I did so, I did a uh, I <laughs> I went to Stephanie's birthday one time and I I, yeah. I I I played this fucked up joke on him. And and I'm admitting to everyone right now, it's fucked up and I realize it's fucked up. Okay. So Chris had a, a cleft palate that he had uh, surgically fixed when he was uh, born, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's his name? The guy who actually played the Joker has it. Um, what's that actor's name? What, Heath Ledger? I don't know no, if he not, actually he, has not, that. No, not Heath, Heath Ledger, the new Joker. Oh, uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Joaquin Phoenix has uh, the example I'm talking about. It's on your upper lip, you got like the skin graft that when you were okay. born, you know, Anyway, so he had that, and, you know, it's not a big deal, and it it doesn't look that weird or anything, but, so I was at her birthday party one time, and I don't know why, but, like, I I just made up this lie that I was born colorblind, 
at, at the party. I don't know what, again, I have no idea. And everyone's like, oh, are you for real? And they're like starting to, you know, like be like, so you can't tell this color, what color this is? And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't know what red is, you know? And I, again, it's crazy. Like I had all the makings of a sociopath growing up. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, so starting fires, you yeah, know, pulling yeah. pranks like this. Yeah. So Christopher starts fucking with me. And now, Mind you, if I really had, if I really was colorblind, he would be the biggest dickhead ever, but I didn't, but he didn't know that. So he'd be like, Hey Josh, what color is this? And he like started holding up, you know, shit that had different colors on it. And I was like, I was like, Hey Christopher, nice fucking cleft palette. You fucking freak. Ooh. And then like later on in the party, I, I told everyone that I didn't actually, I wasn't actually colorblind. But then you're left in this awkward situation with, like, well, wait, I actually do have this, like, you know, cleft palate that was surgically sewed up or whatever on my lip when I was, you know, that I have a scar from. (laughs) But you don't actually have, you're not actually colorblind, so you literally just, like, took a shot at me when there's nothing wrong with you other than being a fat piece of shit. Um, So, yeah, that was one thing I remember about that guy. Um but no, I remember. Yeah, that that bring, that brought it all back, man. I remember. I remember that. Yeah. I remember. I was so close to dating Stephanie. I was so stoked, and um, uh-huh. she just kicked me right in the fucking right in the fucking yeah. satchel. It was a it was a fatality, you know. She uh, uh, played a Shang song there. It was like your soul is mine. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, um but uh, another thing I want to mention is uh, where you were talking about. Um, all those thoughts and stuff like that. I'm surprised you didn't like get angry at your your brain at that point. It's like, why does my brain hate me? Why does my mind hate me so much? Oh, I, I mean, that, I was mad at it. Yeah, I still am. I still am mad at yeah. it. My brain still. Yeah. I still have OCD. It formed when I was a teenager, and I'm writing about it. I'm writing about it as it's as it's just starting to happen in these journal entries. I still have it to this day. Like I just mm-hmm. learned how to manage it better, to where I can lead a pretty normal life. But yeah, that was the perks of being a Josh Flowers a doozy this week. A lot of drama. It wasn't much uh, perk. There's not much perks. No, that's <laughs> actually an ironic title because there were no perks of being me when I was a teenager, aside being like I guess. Yeah, you saw you just saw some cool concerts every now and yeah, then. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a middle class family. I got I had I actually had a lot going for me. I just my my brain was fucked and I couldn't appreciate what I had. Well, that's how that's how a lot of teenagers were. Yeah, Even totally. I was like that. I wonder what Mike's uh teenage journal would say. <laughs> did, did you have as much angst as me? No, probably not. I would just uh <laughs> every now and then I would just blow up on my parents cuz I'd just be sick of them sheltering me so much and you know, always nagging me about things. That's really what I would, that's really my deal. Uh-huh. And I would have the whole, like, why doesn't anybody like me? You know, that kind of thing, too. Well, as you I can mean, tell I, from... I, I, did, I did some stunts to try to get attention. I remember that. You know, and, and, and choir a, a deliberately fell off the top riser to try to, you know, get some sympathy or attention. <laughs> uh, at that moment, I realized, like, I need I need to talk to like a my therapist or something. Yeah, like, I wish I I wish I had that option at that age, but unfortunately, I just had yeah. I I always had that option, so that that's really what helped me a lot is just having that lifeline, somebody to talk to, that understood my mindset and really knew how to get through to me. And 
yeah, I'm going through a little, you know, I'm going through, you know, uh, bouts of loneliness here and there and, you know, stress and stuff relating to what's going on, you know, at work. So, um, not on the same extreme level as like a teenager, but, you know, it's similar sort of stuff. God, I got feelings! My feelings! <laughs> ah! Feelings! Nothing but feelings! Uh, but yeah. Um,. That's what why it would be nice to be able to uh, afford to you know talk to a therapist again. But good luck doing that, especially yeah, in the so same much. way since with pandemic, the pandemic and everything. Because it's it's not really the same if you're just there's no actual contact, you know, face to face. It's right. just over you know a, a Skype or Zoom call. It's really not the same thing. Right. All right, we're going to wrap this podcast up, guys. Um, if you want to... We've sub- depressed you enough. Yeah, right. Well, hopefully you got some schadenfreude out of my uh, Zanga teenage life. Well, I mean, you'll have all these depressing and relatable things, and then you'll just throw out something like, oh, just watch my dick get smaller. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, like I always had humor, you know, in the back of my mind. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I was a lot funnier in person than I was. Uh, Zanga, I saved Zanga for all my real feelings. When I was uh-huh. like hanging out in high school, believe it or not, I was a class clown. Like I yeah. made all my friends laugh, and I saved all my dark pain for the internet, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to subscribe to us on Patreon, it's Patreon.com/slash Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. That is Patreon.com/slash Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. You usually get the podcast early, uh, and you can tell us what you want us to cover on there. Um, if you want to join our Facebook group, you can go to Facebook and search, uh, uncovering unexplained mysteries and hit the groups tab and you should be able to find us that way. Uh, we got merch for our Teespring. So if you want to get a t-shirt or a coffee mug, but we haven't sold like dick in like months. So I just don't, I think all the people who wanted it got it. And now it's just like, no one's, you know, paying any attention to it, but it is what it is. I don't care. At least I didn't have merch, uh, it's not our merch, but Unsolved Mysteries does have some official merch now. Yeah, uh, I'd like to get some of that. The They have some official t-shirt designs and stuff like that that look a lot better than their cheap cafe press stuff that they were selling beforehand. They actually hired an artist and put some effort into it. <clears throat> They're starting to get it. Put effort into shit, and people will <laughs> like it more. <laughs> Um, it only took them how long? I mean, they didn't put much effort into the Unsolved Mysteries reboot with Dennis Farina. So. Yeah, man. It takes a while for them to learn, which is weird because they made the original one. I don't know what the fuck. And it even took a while for them to learn, hey, maybe this podcast thing might be a good idea. Yeah. They probably had to look up the word podcast whenever Don Devereaux sent them my letter talking about how we have a podcast uh, about them. What's well, a podcast? Terry, just... get my walker. Need to find my he dictionary. Just, he, he probably just read the the part where you know you were talking about your your the title of the podcast and all of that. And his I mean, his uh, eyes uh, went red and steam boiled out of his ears. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it, it. With that being said, it's cool to be able to actually say the phrase when Don Devereaux sent my letter to John and yeah. Terry. I mean, yeah, it is pretty cool to be able to make that statement. I'm pretty sure no mm-hmm. other podcaster that covers Unsolved Mysteries can make a statement like that. I actually got into the weeds, guys, <coughs> and we haven't interviewed anyone from the show in a really fucking long time. No. So it'd be nice to no. get someone. 
Now, I'll get people on our, our YouTube channel, and I don't know why that's the main way they find us, but I'll get people on our YouTube channel who will be like, oh, I was married to the brother who was on, or the cousin on this yeah. segment. And it's like, I, you know... Give me like a key, like a key player in 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 the segment. I don't want to talk to like some you know rando who was kind of associated with the person. I want to speak to the you know family, uh-huh. you know, direct family member. I, we almost got to talk to uh, Tiffany Tallman, but her fucking husband was being all weird. <laughs> he he wanted to like talk to me and shit before. Yeah, I remember that. And shit yeah. and like. I'm like, no, I don't want to talk to you, man. Uh, maybe, maybe he was trying to see, like, I don't know. Maybe he was trying to like set up some. I would have just talked to him. I would have just, you know, like going, like if said, I could go back, if I could turn back time, uh, I would, I would have done that just to be able to talk to the daughter from the Tallman House ghost segment. That would have been dope. But um, yeah, anyway, if you want me and Mike separately, you can check us out on YouTube. Mike is a movie guy, and he talks about movies mainly, and his channel is youtube.com slash OCP Communications. That is youtube.com slash OCP Communications. What was the last video you did, Mike? Last video I uploaded is, uh, in terms of a review, eh, if I can speak, in terms of a review, um, was uh, a review of This is Spinal Tap. Oh, nice! One of my one of my favorites. I, I even used clips in that video, Ooh. so I actually tried to throw in some clips here and there, and took a little risk in terms of copyright. Um, but yeah, it's one of my favorites as well. I really enjoy that film. I think it's uh, so many really quotable moments, and uh, I, I could see why a lot of bands at the time were like. Who the fuck is Spinal Tap? Why do they get a documentary and we don't? You know. Oh, really? Was that was that the sentiment? Yeah, yeah. A lot of them were like, "It's it seems real." You know, it's almost to the point where it doesn't even seem like a comedy because a lot of these bands were like, "Yeah, that's what it's like." You know, being on the road, going to all these concerts, and uh, trying to make it if you're not like some big. Uh, a name in in uh, in uh, rock music. Um, apparently, Steven Tyler like he did not like the film when he first saw it because he thought it was too real because it was showcasing you know the superficiality of of the industry at the time and he just didn't think it was funny because it was uh, just what too a fucking spoil sport. Uh, yeah, too on the nose. Yeah, that's exactly why it was perfect because it was such an accurate send up of all the rock and roll cliches yeah. of that time period. The whole bit where, of course, the infamous turning the speakers all the way up to eleven and Stonehenge, and, fucking the pods yeah. that get stuck. Stonehenge kills me every time. Just Michael McKean's the look on his face when he <laughs> looks up and sees sees it. Hilarious, and his his bit afterward where he's angry. Where he's talking about, you know, no, I think the problem is that, you know, there was a Stonehenge that was, yeah. Almost got trampled on by midgets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That was pretty funny. And then, uh, of course, yeah, uh, Harry Shearer getting stuck in the pod. And what makes that even funnier is that uh, that that kind of thing has happened with bands. You two got stuck in the fucking lemon. And what makes that even funnier is you two was apparently legitimate fans of Spinal Tap. They really liked the film. 
So it's pretty uh, hilarious and a fun bit of irony that they actually had their own Spinal Tap moment when they got stuck in the lemon. Um, and yeah, it's just a really fun uh, film. And in terms of a mockumentary, like that was a pretty uh, rare genre of filmmaking at that time yeah, in 1984. Sure. So it was ahead of its time in that regard as well. Didn't it come out earlier than that? No, it was 84. Oh, okay. I know it seems like an earlier film. But I thought it was like eighty one or something. Uh, no, I, yeah, it seems like it, but it actually was it was a much later film. But, but yeah, uh, and the whole, I just love uh, how it just skewers so many aspects of of that particular part of of uh, rock culture, um, the the bands and the artists that think they are this hot shit, but they really aren't that big or really that big of a deal, bitching about the dumbest shit. Like the whole thing with the sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Uh, yo, but when you fold it up, it's 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 uh it's it's not the same size anymore, is it? And it doesn't it doesn't it's just it's, it doesn't fit right on the cracker because it's it's cheese is too big. You, you know what I mean? Like there, I I will say another thing. Their accents uh, were yes. per, like spot on. Their British yes. accents were so. They were, those are really good. And then of course, uh, also the. Uh, the self-inflated egos, the whole bit where uh, uh, Nigel is talking about his piece that sounds like really soft and and it's a piano piece. D minor, then, the saddest of all keys. Yeah, and then you hear the title of the song and it's it's lick my love pump. Yeah, the the editing on that <laughs> made that joke too because you know uh, Rob Reiner goes, oh that's beautiful. What's the name of that piece? Oh, this is called Lick My Love Pump, and then it's a quick cut to the next scene. <laughs> Which, like, made, like the timing on that was great. Yeah, like, and, they, and they actually could play. That's the other thing, too. Like, Oh, yeah, they released, dude, they they released albums and music videos. Yeah. I remember their music videos being played on, uh, like, VH1 classic They did and shit. A, an album called Break Like the Wind and even did a bit of a tour, and uh, they weren't lip-syncing. They, they were actually playing guitar and, and singing. Like, that was, that was, those were actually those actors doing that for real so i love on big bottoms every every single one of them are playing bass guitars <laughs> yeah. there's like three ba- bass guitars on stage and no no actual like guitar player yeah oh man <laughs> yeah that's good all right so check out mike's channel if you want to see uh, his review on this is spinal tap um you can check out my youtube channel i do more music related kind of documentary style or reviews or what have you ranking albums and such it's uh, youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts once again that's youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts that's also the name of my band we're on spotify we're on itunes we're all over the fucking place you should check our music out uh i still have not done a new video from last week it's the same billy eilish is already writing a memoir at age 19 and how i feel like that's crazy picked up any views or is that just kind of nah, not really not, i thought it, I thought it was going well. i thought it was going yeah. to at the beginning and then it's just kind of stalled out at like 220 yeah. views which is that's pretty... unfortunate i mean my review of this is spinal tap is like barely any views and it kind of sucks because i did put effort into it in terms of editing clips in and but you know it's kind of it's, it's a it's a cult film and it really has more of a niche audience it's not right. really a mainstream big hit movie well, the next YouTube video I am going to do is on Chris Cornell's pop album that he released in 2009 with Timbaland. 
Oh, it's Chris Cornell. He was from uh, Soundgarden, the grunge Soundgarden. band Soundgarden. Yeah. Yeah, the lead singer of that band did a pop album with Timbaland in 2009. The guy who's saying Black Hole Sun? <laughs> yes. Oh yes. And um, spoiler, uh, I don't completely hate it. Okay. So yeah, that. So it's I don't, not a train record. No, <laughs> uh, which it could it could be argued that it, it that would make a good train record episode. I love I love that series so much. Uh, Todd in the Shadows, shout out. But um, yeah, anyway, um, all right, that's the end of the podcast. Till next week, see ya. Bye, fuckers. Goodbye, I guess. <laughs>